I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who know my way. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me. Look to my right and see, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Good morning, Kingdom Vineyard. My name is Sarah, and my family and I moved here to St. Andrews this past September from Boston in the United States so that I could pursue further theological training at the university. There are many things that I miss about being able to worship in person, but the thing I miss most is seeing my toddler rock out, praise hands extended to the awesome worship music led by our worship team. I look forward to seeing that again soon. We've been in a series called Rest and Reset and have been looking through different psalms in the Bible. The psalms are poetic prayers written by people who express joy, worry, thanksgiving, and in this week's case, discouragement, despair, and lament. In these past several weeks, we've been learning that prayer is not about looking good or sounding good. It's about being real, real conversation, in a real relationship with a real God that hears and invites us to know his voice and his heart for us. We live in a strange time where a global pandemic has made the world screech to a halt, where dreams and communal gatherings have been put on pause, where we are seeing sacrificial service from NHS workers and carers and also critical questions regarding how and if those carers and citizens are being adequately protected. We have also seen how public outcry about the death of George Floyd, an unarmed black American man, this outcry has swollen to a fever pitch. And to my American surprise, it has ignited protests beyond the US and in the UK, in the rest of Europe, in Australia, in Asia, and beyond. It seems that we have two pandemics, coronavirus and an older one that many until recently thought was long dead, structural systemic racism. Regardless of how familiar we are to these conversations that have caused public outcry amidst a global pandemic, what we can say is that the world is in pain. Our world is hurting. The psalmist who wrote this psalm is hurting. He says that there is no one that he considers a trusted ally, that no one seems to care about him or his life. He has no refuge, no place to call safe. He's in desperate straits needing rescue, and he calls his situation a prison. 
The psalm is attributed to David, a biblical king who wrote many of the psalms. And it says that it was when he was in a cave. Now, this is not the only psalm that David writes in a cave. But what we should know about David's story is that he was once a simple shepherd who protected his sheep from bears and lions. And he fought and defeated a giant warrior named Goliath. And David became a major military hero, a major military figure. The king, Saul, sees this and he takes him under his wing and the king's son, Jonathan, becomes his closest friend. But Saul is a problematic king and David is told by a prophet that God will make him king next. Saul's jealous of David's successes and popularity. And so he begins to try and kill David. And David finally flees, worrying for his family's safety, his own life, and he and the men that are loyal to him. They enter into the wilderness, hiding in the desert in caves that serve as harsh protection from Saul. David doesn't just wander in the desert for days or months. He wanders for years betrayed by a father figure, disconnected from his closest friends, in fear of his life. When I hear the loneliness, fear, fatigue, and despair in this psalm and think of David's story, I am struck by the ways it connects with the challenges that the world faces right now. One, the psalmist, David, is in a kind of lockdown that parallels ours with COVID-19. He can't see his family. He's isolated and he's wondering, when is this going to get better? His previous successes as a military leader, even the dreams and promises spoken to him by a prophet that he would be king, they seem like laughable delusions, given that he is hunted, isolated. It's a painful reality. When you live as a hunted man for many years in the wilderness, it's like those dreams have died. The coronavirus has been one of the biggest interrupters to our basic ways of life. And I am aware that there are different kinds of disappointments that you might be facing as a result. One, it might be that your dreams feel like they have been put on hold. If you are a graduating senior, you didn't get to spend your last month celebrating and basking in the warmth of well-loved friends and the Scottish summer sun on the beach. I'm sorry. The virus's effects on the economy may leave you with questions about whether you're going to find employment. Others of us that have dreamed of promotions at work, of starting new businesses, of building a better future for our families, The stalling or furloughing of these dreams, it's painful. Two, the lockdown may actually expose more deeply existing places of pain in our lives. If you felt isolated and unknown before, you may be feeling even more so now. If home was a place that you grew up trying to escape, being unable to leave is especially painful. Without activities to distract and with news of pandemic deaths and protests, our hearts may be even more aware of the heaviness 
that we carry inside. The global protests may stun us into a deeper despair and sense of helplessness. Three, we may have encountered or are suffering the direct effects of the virus. We may have caught the virus in the past and wondered if we would make it. We may be quarantined right now and fearing that we might have it. We may have lost a loved one to COVID-19. Or we may have lost a loved one to something else. But we're not able to grieve with friends and family around us, without our village around us as we weep. This is a season of different kinds of deaths and losses. Deaths of dreams, sickness and pandemics, sickness in society, and the death of the old way of life. Our lives have been interrupted and our brokenness inside and out exposed. It's from David's life and words that I offer a way to not just push aside the grief of those losses and pain, and instead to bring that grief to God. Instead of denying his pain, anger, and despair, David brings all of it to God. I'm disappointed. My dreams have stalled. I'm scared. My life is in danger. I'm isolated and I miss my family and my friends. I'm needing to hear your voice. Will you show yourself to be who you have promised to be? His Psalms are full of honesty, of tears. And it's those very honest places of prayer where David meets God, where he is sustained so that he can walk through difficult places and valleys of darkness and speak and pray his hope that he will see deliverance, community, and freedom from his current situation. There's a story in the Bible where David encounters Saul in a cave. Because Saul walks right into the cave where David and his men are hiding. And they say, now is your chance. You can kill him now. But David says no. Even against his enemy, he will not choose unrighteous means of revenge. David is spared. Saul is ashamed. And there is a brief time of rest. When Saul is later defeated, it's not because David takes vengeance. David, the warrior poet, becomes king. From his tears and honest engagement with God, David is able to meet a God who comforts him and gives him strength. And it's David's tears and his willingness to name grief, disappointment, and despair and to offer up that heavy load to God that makes it possible for David to then receive the resources that he needs from God and to choose and do what is right. Kingdom Vineyard, one of the most beautiful things about our church is that we believe that God speaks now, that he offers healing now, that when you pray, he will answer now. Jesus says that there will be many troubles in this world to take heart, for he is working in, through, and around us. He has overcome the world. And if you have grief, despair, unforgiveness, anxiety, 
bubbling up in your heart. He wants to meet you in that grief, to comfort you, to renew your strength. Don't just stuff it down. I work with and train ministry leaders across the country in the United States in ethnic and racial awareness. And people in that line of work have learned that it is lament prayer that opens up a deeper capacity to hold pain, to love others, to choose what is right and good against the odds. Or else, you will implode from the inside. Let God meet you as you are, with no pretensions. Prayer is not first a duty. Prayer is our lifeline to a new life that God offers in Jesus. It is from receiving Jesus' resources, receiving from the Holy Spirit, that we will be able to more deeply love others and see others' grief and needs instead of being swallowed up completely in our own. One of the last Sundays before lockdown, I stood in the back of the room during worship at church. And I had really bad pollen allergies. I didn't want people to get nervous and think that I had the virus. So I stood away from people. At some point near the, worship, near the end of worship, I saw Toby, our pastor emeritus, walk over. And he looked at me, wordless. And he opened up his arms, gave me a brief hug. I don't know if he knew, but what I had been praying was this. Jesus, I know my family is one of the only East Asian families for miles. We're hearing stories of violence towards people perceived to be Chinese in the UK, in the US, people being punched on the street, about acid being thrown on a woman, about a family with small kids, all knifed and sent to the ICU. Will we be safe here? We're away from every support structure that we have ever known. And I'm afraid. The first several weeks of lockdown, my husband and I were afraid to go outside because we didn't know what to expect. But our toddler forced us to take daily walks. We couldn't tell if people were colder than usual at times because they were nervous about the virus in general or if it was because they thought that we were Chinese, even though we're Korean-American and none of that really should matter. When we shared about our fears, our friends checked in on us, got groceries for us, like Rachel Foster Kelly, I see you and thank you. And our neighbors continued to show our daughter great affection. People have grown warmer with the brightening of the sun. But what I remembered throughout those weeks of uncertainty was Toby's compassionate hug. Maybe he knew, maybe he didn't know what we might be headed for. But every time I questioned if I belonged here in St. Andrews, in Scotland, I was reminded of Toby's brief gesture of kindness and the care of friends and neighbors checking in on us only deepened that sense of neighbor and friend loving on us. We live in a time of grief, fear, and pain, and God wants to comfort us, to help us, because the aches of our hearts are too much to bear on our own. 
and they will eat us up on the inside, isolating us even further from each other in a hurting and broken world. We need His Spirit in order to love each other compassionately in the valley of the shadow of death and to seek His kingdom of healing and resurrection power. This is an invitation to come before God with your grief. Not choosing optimism, but saying, I can't do this without you, God. It's an invitation to receive renewed strength and words of hope that help us choose God in the valley. And he says he will be with us in every valley even if you have never called him yours, never called him your helper or your strength, he says, I want to be that for you. To close, I share with you the lyrics of a song called The Kingdom is Yours, which is a modern interpretation of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Blessed are the ones who do not bury all the broken pieces of their heart. Blessed are the tears of all the weary, pouring like a sky of falling stars. Blessed are the wounded ones in mourning, brave enough to show the Lord their scars. Blessed are the hurts that are not hidden, open to the healing touch of God. The kingdom is yours. His kingdom is yours. Hold on a little more. This is not the end. Hope is in the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. And blessed are the ones who fight for justice, longing for the coming day of peace. Blessed is the soul that thirsts for righteousness, welcoming the last, the lost, the least. Blessed are the ones who suffer violence and still have strength to love their enemies. Blessed is the faith of those who persevere. Though they fall, they'll never know defeat. The kingdom is yours. His kingdom is yours. Hold on a little more. This is not the end. Hope is in the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. Let's pray. Jesus, we bring you the heaviness that we carry, the grief of loss, our confusion, despair, frustration, anger, unforgiveness, and depression. You say that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. So we give you what we are carrying. You take it from us. It's too heavy for us to bear on our own. And Jesus, as we pray, help us to see you taking our burdens from our hands as we hand them over to you. Would you show us what you are offering us instead? Would you speak and breathe a word, a picture, a verse, 
a sense of what you want to give us as you walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. Come, Jesus. Amen.